Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster along with our MLB.com Braves reporter Mark Bowman. And Mark, the Braves have dropped the first two games of the series at home to the Reds. And those are the kind of games that I don't think the Braves can afford to lose in a season where they're clearly, you know, outmanned for the for the most part, the Reds are a team in a similar situation. You get them at home, you'd, you'd like to take advantage of that opportunity. But it's a four-game series, so a couple more to try to get things turned around. Um, they've done some things here this week. One move, Malik Smith moving to the top of the order. Uh, it's something he did when Ender Enciarte was injured earlier in the season, but now Enciarte's healthy. Um, what's, what's the goal with Smith hitting leadoff? Is this just a chance to see if he can kind of do it? Yeah, that's exactly what they want to do. They, they, you know, as early as probably around this time last year and a little bit earlier, uh, you know, they started to say, hey, look, Malik Smith is a leadoff hitter in the future. They moved Jose Peraza out of the leadoff spot for that reason um, down there at the minor league level. Uh, they went and got into the art game and immediately touted him as their leadoff hitter of the future. <laughs> and now here they are back to it does make sense. So I, I do think that, that Malik's. Uh, you have to give him a chance in this role, see how he performs. I think he does profile more as a leadoff hitter than, than Enciarte, who's uh, been a little bit – I'd say he's a little bit more aggressive, uh, you know, type of hitter than, than you may want it there at the, the leadoff spot, uh, chasing some some bad pitches. And, hey, look, at this stage of the career, Malik Smith – of his career, Malik Smith is still doing the same. But I think they just are saying, hey, look, this is a prime opportunity to – to give him a chance to uh, perform in this role, you know, and continue whether he they sat him against a lot of lefties. They, they allowed him to, to hit in that leadoff spot there against Brandon Finnegan, a, a pretty tough lefty there, uh, the, the Red Southpaw there uh, Tuesday night. But at the same time, um, I, I think they're, they'll, they'll pick and choose some spots here moving forward. Uh, but, but as things stand, and as we know with the Braves, they, the plans change quite frequently um the, the plan is to uh move forward putting uh, using smith in the leadoff spot and ncrt batting second uh we're going to get into the draft a little bit later in the podcast here and and obviously there's been a big focus in general on young pitchers for the braves but but mark over the last uh, couple weeks or last few starts a couple of the veterans have looked pretty good i i put julio tehran into that veteran category for the team right now 
And then Bud Norris as well. Um, last two starts after returning to the rotation, uh, faced the Dodgers June 4th, faced the Cubs, which is obviously an impressive lineup June 10th. Uh, and he, and he very good. I'm five innings, three hits a run against the Dodgers, but then seven innings uh, and an earned run against the Cubs. Solid outings for North, and this is the kind of stuff they thought they were getting coming into the season from North, I think, right? Well, you know, that's just what is more than they probably had hoped for, so, uh, considering the circumstances. You know, he gets moved out of the rotation there with the, uh, at the end of April. He spends a month in the bullpen. Doesn't, you know, really had two, uh, really two appearances where he threw more than 30 pitches over the course of that month. Goes out to L.A. and, and provides five solid innings. Comes back five days later, five more solid innings against the Cubs lineup. Um, you know, this is, I think this is a credit to Bud Norris's character. I mean, he he certainly didn't appreciate being moved out of the rotation, um, which is expected. But at the same time, he didn't pout. He was relatively effective in the bullpen, um, you know, filling a lot of different roles, long man, middle man, setup man. You know, he's been bounced around. He gets put back in the rotation, he says. You know, and he's got he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He's a guy who uh, he has a lot of confidence on in himself, and for good reason, you know, based on what he's shown here as, as he's come back and, and proved his doubters wrong. It's uh, – you know, moving forward, the Braves hope to continue to get these kind of starts from him. And, and, you know, this is the middle of June. So by this time next month, if he's still doing the same, we'll be talking about, you know, where they might trade him because that's that's uh, certainly the spot he's in right now. They, they're hoping to, to gain some value from him. That, you know, like you said, when they signed him, they were hoping, hey, we'll get a couple months out of him trading, bring up some of the young kids. You know, that, that, that ended up that those plans changed there when he was – struggled so uh, frequently through his five April starts, but now they may be able to get back to uh, within the next month or so, be able to get some value from him. Yeah, work that flipped game with him. Um, so John Gant gets a start on Sunday, and I know he didn't last five innings, Mark, but what did you think of Gant in a starting role? You know what? He, it, it's interesting. He, I, a lot of scouts coming out of spring training said, hey, look, he's a reliever, and he probably is. But he has been much more effective as a starter, uh, you know, at Gwinnett uh, than he was as a reliever here in Atlanta. And I know, I know that's, you know, that comparison can be apples and oranges, but at the same time, um, I think it's interesting that what, how effective he was on Sunday against the, the Cubs. He, he issued a few early walks, pitched, you know, got better as the start went on. He, he's basically a fastball change-up guy with a very deceptive delivery. Maybe it's just simply going to take some time for, for teams to get used to uh, getting a look at that a few times. But, hey, look, with Mike Fulton, Nevich hurt, Williams Perez hurt, uh, it makes sense to, to give Gant a few starts. I thought that uh, they might have gone with Casey Kelly um, and given him a few more starts. So I thought Casey, Casey deserved it after what he did in Philadelphia. But at the same time, I think if, you, if you're looking at, hey, look, who's – which upside do we not know about yet as a starter? I, I think that you're probably pointing towards John Gant. So it probably makes more sense to, to put him in this role, give him a few starts at least until uh, Fulton Evich or Perez return. Fulton Evich should be first to return uh, among those two. Um, and just see what you have. 
All right, Mark, we mentioned the draft, and the Braves were in a great spot because they had the number three pick, but then they had some other picks quickly after that, 40 and 44. And we talked about it going into the draft. It's an opportunity to kind of play the numbers game, and if you can get a guy early that's willing to take a little less as far as bonus goes, that frees up more money to spend on guys that have kind of slipped later. And that is exactly what the Braves were able to do. Now, the, the, the danger in that is that you don't get the guy you really want with that first pick because you're trying to save the money. But I think Ian Anderson, most people didn't consider him to be the guy that was going to be the first pitcher taken off the board. But it seemed like the Braves fell in love with this guy in the last couple of weeks leading up to the draft. I think they did get exactly the guy they wanted. And then they're able you to know get what Joey the, Wentz. Yeah. What's yeah. that? Yeah, I think they did end up getting the guy they wanted. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and by getting, you know, let's say this. Was he, I, th- I think the second pitcher they took, Joey Wentz, probably has higher upside. I think he, he may have been the best available pitcher in the draft if, if you weren't a Riley Plank fan, who, you know, that happens to be one of his best friends there uh, from the Kansas area. But I, I think that, look, Ian Anderson's pretty good. I mean, what he did. <laughs> Uh, once he overcame pneumonia, uh, the oblique injury, uh, here towards the end of the season, he got back to where he was last summer pitching for Team USA when he put himself on the map. And and this ended up being the guy the Braves wanted because in taking him, a guy who they could sign under slot because, you know, if Ian Anderson looks at it and says, hey, look, I'm going to get taken somewhere between 10 and 15 get a signing bonus Slot value there is around three million dollars. He's still getting three million dollars here. Um, he's still getting that same bonus here, being selected third. But in doing so, to stay within the boundaries of their salary, the salary bonus pool, uh, the Braves now were able to go out and get two more uh, highly regarded starting or high school pitchers in Joey Wentz and Kyle Muller. Had they gone out and got a college hitter, um, you know, you're looking at maybe they only get two premium picks within those top 44 selections. Now they've got three. Um, and, and as we all know, you know, you, you, you take all these pitchers, you, you have all kind of uh, hope and expectations for them, but at the, at the end of the day, they, they aren't all going to work. So you, you try to uh, provide, gain as much quality as you can. Uh, the more uh, quality arms you can, can gain, it, the quantity uh, and quantity, uh, increase the odds that, that at least maybe uh, two or three of them are going to hit and, and provide value for you at the big league level. And if they all hit, you're you're looking at a situation that you had once upon a time with this Braves team with all that great young pitching. And, you know, they get Anderson, Wentz, Muller. Wentz and Muller already agreeing to deals. Anderson has to wait, I guess, until he graduates high school. But then they did also, I think day two, we can't overlook Drew Harrington. They get in the third round. Another lefty. Wentz is a lefty. Muller's a lefty. They get Drew Harrington from Louisville, another lefty. And Louisville, one of the top teams in the country. Um, so there's another guy, and a guy that will probably move a little quicker than those high school pitchers. But, man, the Braves really loaded up on pitching. They, they did. They did. And they, and it's to their credit. Look, everyone can look and say what the immediate need is, what the need is within the entire system. Look, they, they need some bats. But at the same time, if the, if, if the quality of the draft was not there, uh, if, if, if the quality was not there in the early rounds from an offensive perspective, then it made sense to take pitching. And you go and get a guy like Harrington, a guy who 
maybe projects to be a reliever long term. Maybe he does move really quickly, helps you uh, in Atlanta. Maybe at some point by next year, he's the ACC pitcher of the year this year. Um, you go and get a guy like that. You also uh, went out and got a, a kid named Bryce Wilson, a hard-throwing uh, right-hander who you took at an overslot value or were able to sign to an overslot uh, bonus because of the creativity you showed during the latter part of uh, day two where when you when it came time to take bats, you said, hey, look, we're going to take a bunch of college seniors, um, seniors that do not have any leverage because they can't go back to school. Now, now all of a sudden you're signing all of them to signing bonuses that range between probably not all of them are signed, but we're, we're looking at five to five, $25,000. I mean, now all of a sudden, you know, because all of these each of the picks within the first ten rounds apply to the uh, boundaries of the salary bonus pool, now now you have more flexibility to to go over slot with some guys um, like they did with Wentz and Mueller, uh, combined with with Anderson's decision to go under slot, and also get some some other guys that you took in some ladder rounds, uh, some. Uh, Matt Rowland, the kid, the local kid here from Atlanta, that they took in the eleventh round. They went over slot with him um, because they, they see the upside there. And I just thought it was a very creative draft, uh, one in which, yes, they did load up on arms. They've got some bats that, that will help at the at the uh, upper, you know, maybe high A, double A level right away, fill some spots. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I think it made more sense to go ahead and and stock your your farm system with a quality provider in, the, in this draft, which was with high school arms, than it did to take a chance on Nick Sinzel, who w- wouldn't have been available to them. But let, let's say let's say Sinzel would have been available. I, I think Sinzel is going to be a, a good third baseman long term. I do not think he's going to be a franchise. Uh, changing, you know, a once-in-a-generation type player or anything like that. Let's put it that way. He's not going to be the kind of guy that's going to change your franchise's future. Yeah, so hopefully, Mark, five years from now, Braves look back and Braves fans look back and kind of can circle the 2016 draft as as something that really was a cornerstone uh, for this rebuild. Well, hopefully in five years they'll already be rebuilt with, with what they've already done. But uh, – but certainly a chance to really reload that system for sure. Great stuff as always, Mark. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Braves edition. For Mark Bowman, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. 